You are now listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Doc, sharing insights through real, honest, and practical ways to improve your communication and relationships. Featuring your hosts, Dr. Pamela Kreiser, Meredith Edwards, and Taylor Polendo. Today, we continue our four-part series on forgiveness and reconciliation. And the focus of this episode is on tools for forgiving others. Now, we've all experienced the pain of someone harming us, and we've all faced instances where we have been challenged to forgive. It seems easy to forgive transgressions when they're small or consequential. I find that forgiveness flies out of my mouth easily when the stakes are small. But what about when the stakes are big? It's a much greater challenge to forgive something or someone when the impact is big. I've always marveled at the stories of individuals who have demonstrated forgiveness in instances of incredible loss and pain. Take Scarlett Lewis, for example. Her son Jesse was killed in the Sandy Hook Elementary School shootings. Initially, she felt intense anger toward the shooter. The anger was so intense that it drained her strength. But eventually, she chose to forgive her shooter. In an interview, Scarlett shared, quote, Forgiveness felt like I was given a big pair of scissors to cut the tie and regain my personal power. It started with a choice and then became a process. Another example is the case of Chuck Sandstrom, who was attacked by Michael Ayers on his rental property. When Michael punched Chuck, his head snapped back and he hit a brick wall behind him. This resulted in a traumatic brain injury. And because of this injury, Chuck lost his job, his home, his property, and in his words, everything. Michael was eventually arrested and brought to trial. But Chuck and his wife said seeing Michael punished provided no relief to them. So they argued to get Michael's sentence significantly reduced and advocated for him to get treatment while incarcerated. In an interview with the Forgiveness Project, Chuck said, quote, People think we're special to have forgiven this man, but trust me, my wife and I are not abnormally good people. But what is true, however, is that the path of forgiveness can take ordinary people on an extraordinary journey. Both of these amazing stories indicate incredible measures of forgiveness, and they have no intention of paying their offenders back. Did you know that in Iran, when someone commits murder, the families of the murder victims have the option for retribution or payback? According to the Associated Press, this is based on the Islamic concept of kisis, an eye-for-an-eye provision that gives them the chance to oversee the killer's execution. Victims' families can watch the murderer's execution or they can offer a pardon. In 2014, the Associated Press reported a story about a couple whose son was murdered. Seven years later, this happened. On April 15th, the mother of the victim walked slowly toward the gallows with all the families and the crowd of onlookers. The murderer was blindfolded, weeping, and begged her one last time. Forgive me, Aunt Miriam, he pleaded, addressing her by the nickname that she was widely known by in the community. Show your mercy. The mother moved closer, so she was face-to-face with the killer. She said, did you have mercy on us? Did you show mercy to my son? You have taken away my happiness. Why should I have mercy towards you? And then, at the very last minute, the woman and her husband slipped the noose off of his neck and commuted his sentence. They chose to forgive. Now, all of these stories show remarkable human forgiveness. And as we hear about them, we're inspired to challenge ourselves to new levels of forgiveness. So why is it so hard to forgive? One problem is that we tend to categorize transgressions, deeming some of them forgivable and others not. So I might forgive you for being late or forgive you for lying to me, but I won't forgive you for betraying me or physically harming me. Most practitioners suggest that this is actually a dangerous practice 
because it limits our forgiveness capacity. A second problem is that sometimes people tell us to forgive certain transgressions, but not others. They support these mental restrictions. Perhaps your mother told you never to forgive someone who stole from you, or your grandfather told you never to forgive someone who cheated on you. The reality is that people have lots of opinions about what we should and should not do in life, but that doesn't really answer the question about whether to forgive. It's an individual choice, and no one can make that choice for you. So let's dig into the details. How do you forgive someone? How do you get to a place where the string is cut? How do you get to a place where you no longer feel that someone owes you something? Hawker and Wilmot suggest that we can take a direct or an indirect route to get forgiveness. Now, in the direct route, one might directly discuss the situation, ask questions, receive and offer apologies with the other person. In the indirect route, one might process the emotions privately or perhaps with a third party, for example. Remember, forgiveness can be undertaken individually or jointly. The key, though, is to do the work. So what's the work? Well, Enright and colleagues suggest that we have to complete four phases. First, we uncover what happened. Second, we decide to forgive the other party. Third, we work through the emotions. And fourth, we discover new outcomes such as realizations, and then we're able to release. To help us remember, I've selected a keyword from each. So we would uncover, decide, work, discover. Enright and colleagues argue that all of the phases have to be completed. You can't skip any. And you can complete them out of order, and you can go back and forth between the phases, but the work has to be done. Similar to grief, it can be a circular process. And completing these four phases as a circular process results in the acceptance of the new normal. Forgiveness doesn't mean we're happy with the new normal, but we're more accepting of it. The key appears to be working through the matter without overdoing the rumination. It's the emotions that can be so difficult in the forgiveness process. Enright says that a key outcome is improved psychological health, and that happens when the pain has been absorbed. As a sponge absorbs water, that pain gradually diminishes as the water imperceptibly evaporates from a sponge. And the paradox of forgiving seems to be this. As we abandon the focus on self and give the gift of acceptance to an offending other, we ourselves are often healed from the effects of that offense. So as we complete the phases, uncover, decide, work, discover, it is common for forgiveness to involve apologies. You may remember that we covered the topic of apologies in episode three, so be sure to check that out if you haven't heard it already. As we complete these phases, we have to stay committed to cutting the string, to releasing ourselves. So what keeps us from releasing ourselves? Well, scholars have warned us about the problem of conditional forgiveness. Perhaps you've been tempted to do this before. To conditionally forgive someone sounds like, I'll forgive you if you never do this again. But this requires a condition to earn forgiveness. And it reinstates the string that you were trying to cut. It violates the act of forgiveness itself. After all, if forgiveness is canceling the debt and removing what was owed, then establishing a conditional requirement isn't really forgiveness at all. All right, so let's talk forgiveness. Uh, man. I wrote, um, I'm very visual, so I have this like line on my paper this week, which is small versus large. Mm. And then you kind of made me think I, I shouldn't think like that, but <laughs> I don't want to stop. <laughs> I'm not saying you are normal, Meredith, but I am saying that is normal to do that. <laughs> I don't even know what, why I try. 
It is absolutely normal to rank order transgressions and decide that there's the big bad ones and then there's the little guys. And that's how most of us do it. Most researchers say never to do that. They say it doesn't help at all. I told Raphael when we got married, there is no transgression that gives us the t cut out. Like I know a lot of couples, oh, if they cheat, that's an unforgivable thing for mm -hmm. me. I told them that and they did it anyways and they knew, but... Mm -hmm. I remember telling him, I think this was probably before we were engaged, there's nothing that you or I can do that gives us the freedom to leave. Mm. To exhaust all other options before ending anything. You have no get out of jail free card. So you don't have that, Taylor, the, the bad transgressions? That's like a big question. Is everything forgivable? Yeah. yeah. And I would tend to say yes. However, I'm not saying that I could do it. <laughs> Well said. So we'll see if something happens, we'll have to address it as it comes. But you're saying like if you had a friend, it's good for them to forgive it. Well, I just have seen people forgive amazing things. So I yeah. know it's possible. Whether it's possible for me is an entirely different question. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. hope so. But you yeah. know, you have to face it in your own life. Yeah. But I've seen people forgive unheard of things. So I know yeah. it is possible. Yeah. I don't know if that list comes from growing up. I sort of, you heard the example that I gave like your grandfather yeah. or your mother. And I do think that kind of gets passed down maybe. Like the categorizations you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like here's the bad list. And then this other stuff's not so bad. Yeah. I, I agree with that. I think I definitely grew up with that. I think I was probably typical, like most families was raised in a family that kind of had a sliding scale of good to bad transgressions or not so bad to bad to very bad. I think we like to categorize all transgressions. I don't remember talking about this. Well, I don't know that you talked about it, but I think because we were talking in the last episode about how people tell you you should forgive. And yeah. I think that's where this happens, where your friend goes, I wouldn't forgive that. They cheated. They stole from you and it wasn't important to you. So you, you should forgive that. <laughs> People get in our face and tell us how we should be navigating that. And I don't think you sat down at the kitchen table and your parents said, today we have a lecture on forgiveness. Yeah, you just watched them. <laughs> yeah. It was in play how you were coached along. Let this go. Don't let this go. Yeah. I like that. That explanation helps me like see that in my past. Like these are the things you let go and you move forward with and you create your new normals with and these are the things you just do not yeah what's kind of scary though is i think what was modeled maybe was that we don't let go but it's not like we ended the relationship or put boundaries or change something yeah. like we're just gonna hold on to it and mm -hmm. remember this forever and bring it up anytime we fight but so instead of forgive <laughs> hold a grudge <laughs> yeah which is sort of like the baseball bat is the grudge so i just keep that in the corner in case anything gets out of hand and i bring up the bad thing you did and i can hit you with it yeah um, which the ultimate bickering maybe, maybe bigger than that for yeah, sure right I struggle with that everything's forgivable, honestly, Taylor. I struggle mm -hmm. with that. I want to be the person, um, and I love the notion of it. I just, ooh, I don't know if I really am there as a human. No, I feel you. Especially, like, as a parent, there's just some things I don't know how I would ever broach the topic of forgiveness and not, and not just live in rage at all times. Yeah, like this woman... Scarlett Lewis, you said? Yeah. How she moved through that 
I don't even have a kid and I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's funny because I wrote a list of things that I find hard to forgive and on there is harming my children. Yeah. When someone harms my children or falsely accuses my children of something, I really dislike that. And what I will also say, it's hard for me not to have the emotional arousal with it. So I have an actual feeling in my gut or like an actual anger growing if you harm my kid. And I know everyone jokes about mama bear and all that, but I, it's a real thing. Oh, it's a real thing. Oh yeah, I have one. <laughs> I remember years ago, we were hiking as a family in Alaska. All of a sudden the guy goes, oh no, we've crossed the mama bear scent path to her cub. Oh. And I'm like, oh, that sounds very bad. <laughs> oh no. And he said, okay, we have to get out of the scent path really quickly because if she sees us in that path, she'll come and remove us. Oh, oh, the cub was playing like in the river and the mama bear was off to the side and we walked in between that. Oh. And the guide was like, you never get in the mama bear's scent path ever yeah, because she'll just remove you and she will do it with great strength. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> I don't, I think that's the fastest I'd ever run. <laughs> and we were all like, wow, we're out of here. But You're sounding so together, but I just envision you just like shoving your children really fast, just like, like throwing them, like just picking them up. No, I mean, we, we moved out of there and, and the mama bear look, gave us a look, but did not come and remove us. But we got out of the path too, because they, they yeah. have that scent path and then they don't let anything in the path. You don't get to go there. What yeah. a great image though. Yeah. For, I mean, you, you two are mothers. I, I am not. I, the closest I can think of it is being nine years older than my sister oh, yeah. and being an aunt and this like protective sort of mm -hmm. love you have over something and you find out that something hurt it. Mm -hmm. I can resonate with the rage of that. Mm -hmm. I think of my, my nieces and my sister and, and when I know someone has hurt them, I dream of removing them from the path. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like how she said that. For me, it's the um, injustice of innocence because I think that can look different mm -hmm. for different people. But if you're if you've done something to like an innocent, but does that change then when your children are kind of older or is no. it you're just always mama bear? Yeah, I feel like it's just the same level. It's mm. just a different set of what it is. Yeah. In fact, I'm going to leave this and go remove some people from my scent path. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really short uh, episode. Yeah, so the episode's over, and um, we're going to forget forgiveness, and we're just going to remove some people. We're going to move on in rage. I find that to be hard. So you heard the uncover, decide, work through the emotions, and discover. What do you think of that? I, I want to connect it to the most of the mother in Iran, the example you gave. Yeah. But that person asked for mercy. Yeah. And, and I get that forgiveness is about me. It's about yourself mm -hmm. when you're forgiving another. It's about you. But when someone actually desires mercy, like acknowledges they're wrong, it causes my human heart to mm. lean into forgiving them more than I would. Mm -hmm. Like if, I, if forgiveness was a scale and you do wrong and you seek to stop doing that wrong and you seek mercy and forgiveness, then I am leaning more towards forgiving you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I hadn't thought about that much. 
asking for mercy is the admission on your knees. You gave the how-to, right? You're like, it's either this direct path. My, again, visual brain writes this like arrow from like point A to point Z and it's a straight line and it's beautiful. And then my brain is sort of like this wiggly thing that kind of like screws it up and comes back and starts at the beginning and then goes back and forth and goes up and down and finally some way makes it to Z somehow. Again, I'm not saying you're normal. (laughs) I don't want that to become like a theme of this, but that is a normal way to do this as a circular process that we don't just do. I do A, B, C, and D and I've got forgiveness out of here. No problem. Everything's right in the world. No, we go back and forth. We have to complete all of them, but we don't have to do it in that order. And it's messy. Do you think asking for mercy is, one, I heard you say that it would be a part of acknowledging that they were wrong. Yeah, but also, is it somewhat to do with the power over that person then? I mean, I I would think that's very normal. <laughs> Not that you're normal. I mean, I'm human, yeah. It would be in that case, have you killed the son? Yeah, I'm human. And I can think of examples of had to forgive that asserted power over me. So then, yeah, I want to have it over them in order to move into the forgiveness. I have, I should say, I have wanted that. But sometimes you just don't get it. You're just not going to get it. And and then that's when you have to decide, is forgiveness about the other person or is it about yourself? Well, but remember the guy who got beat up by the other guy? And he said when they went to court, seeing the guy punished didn't do anything for them? Yeah. Yeah, you said Punished provided no relief. They had the power over him to see him get, he was about to get sentenced for the whole thing. And then they went, eh, this isn't that satisfying. That's not true for everyone though. You're a mom. If somebody hurt your kid and then they tripped and fell and hit their face, (laughs) wouldn't you feel a little bit better? Like even a little bit. But that's retribution. I don't know. I, (laughs) I don't think it does really give you the satisfaction, honestly. We can tell ourselves that in the moment, maybe. It it doesn't end, yeah. I think it does instantaneously. You're right. It's not long-term yeah. satisfaction. Yeah. I guess I could relate with that. You took something from me. So for a second, I would like to see you on your knees. But even if I did for the millisecond that it gave me pleasure, or like, yes, now I can move into my forgiveness. It didn't last. It didn't actually change what you said in, in the yeah. work. It didn't change what happened. It didn't change how I feel about the event. Well, and I'm wondering if it actually does give you any power, like asking for mercy. Does that help you in the forgiveness process? Because we've talked about how it's something you do on your own, something you give to take back power. So I'm wondering how justice works in with this. In the myths, we talked about how this is not diminishing the transgression. It's not indifference about justice, but a lot of what the examples I heard was them kind of letting go of getting justice. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it's still unjust. I think you can't kill people at the elementary school. You can't kill the son. You can't beat up someone. I think all those things are wrong. But then what, what are we really getting from justice? You're choosing not to pursue the justice path in order to let go of it. But remember too, though, that's not always true because some people will let the person be sentenced and forgive them. Because I'm wrestling with that. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, I, I, yeah, you know, yeah, because I'm thinking that's separate. There's yeah. consequences for your actions. Like you need to pay. Yeah. Also bless you and forgive you, darling. <laughs> oh, goodness. From the South over here. <laughs> no, but really, <laughs> I was struggling with this. Yeah. Or are you, are you struggling with forgiving someone in your life where they didn't have justice on them? They didn't have consequences? I'm thinking of a friend, actually. I feel like they didn't get their justice. A close person in my life died from a drunk driver. 
and was reading the testimonies of his family speaking in court, and everyone was asking for the maximum sentence. And I wanted that too. I'm really angry about this. But a lot of what they were asking for was that he had to like serve community time in like an AA setting or like help other people. And they wanted his sobriety and they wanted um, sort of that path. And they were offering mm -hmm. forgiveness, but I at no point thought that he shouldn't go to jail. And I thought mm -hmm. he should spend a huge amount of time in jail because he really, I mean, changed a whole community by the person that he killed. Then I'm hearing two separate processes. I'm hearing forgiveness is separate from that. What I would say is there's the justice part and there's the forgiveness part. Yeah. And we'll vary on the justice that we seek or support. And on the forgiveness side, still have to figure out that piece. But I think if we mix them too close, then we lose the forgiveness potentially. Because hmm. some people think you go into jail. Okay, this is resolved. That's good. And later find themselves ruminating still about it right. and still tied to that person. And in the chain of unforgiveness. Well, because then going to jail or whatever justice looks like doesn't take away the offense. So forgiveness would have to be completely separate, but is there any data on getting justice helping that forgiveness process or they just are completely separate? I think it depends on the case. It's really hard to compare across cases because they're all different, but I like the idea of separating them. Justice is one thing, that's a separate process. And then forgiveness is a separate process as well that I have to do. Well, I don't have to do it. You can't put your forgiveness work yeah. on the result that's good. of what happens in quote unquote yep. justice to another person. Yeah, that's good. I like that. So you can't give the work out. You have to do the work. Yeah, like watching this person that was the drunk driver, my forgiveness of that person has nothing to do with what mm -hmm. happens to them. I can't let my work of forgiveness be put on the result yep. of that person's life. That's really good. That's frustrating. That you can't pass the work off? Yeah. When you've had to forgive something so massive in your life, if you stop and think about you think about the thing that's been so hard to forgive, sometimes you want mm -hmm. an action to happen. And if forgiveness is not about what happens outside of your body, but just what's happens in yourself, mm -hmm. it can be really frustrating. But I think that's also why that mother from Sandy Hook gave the example of scissors choice mm -hmm. process, right? If you're going to unhinge yourself and cut yourself from the person that did you harm mm -hmm. you have to get free right yeah and the sticking point you heard in the four cyclical steps a lot of people say is the work it's the emotional work that's the sticker yeah and i think that makes sense given all these mm -hmm. stories that we're talking about where that is terribly difficult when the child's harmed terribly difficult when now we're talking murder not just a simple mistake Mm -hmm. The stakes went way up on murder, way up on these bigger events. And mm -hmm. that work is bigger. It's just a bigger set of work we have to do. Yeah. So what is that work? It says work through the emotions. Work <laughs> through the emotions. Okay, great. How? I had a counselor once tell me regarding grief and or forgiveness interchangeably to say, you have to feel the feelings uh. in order to get through them. <laughs> I know, I just wanted to throw up. And, I just threw up in my mouth. Um, I know that no one wants to hear that. That's the work. The work is examining closely what has happened is related to that work, feeling the feelings, understanding what the feelings are, understanding what other feelings are there. You heard the example of, of the sponge soaking up the, the water and then dissipating. 
And mm -hmm. as you do the work in wrestling through those emotions, and you might need a third party to do that with you or a really strong relationship partner or friend to help you. But as you get through those emotions and feel them, it generally dissipates. But it's not that easy when they're big, gigantic feelings. When they're gigantic, I would change the word dissipates to your gets absorbed. Mm -hmm. For me, the forgiveness and the event or whatever it is, right? It still exists in me and it's created a new normal. And like you mm -hmm. said before, I may not be happy with that new normal, right? but I move through it. Yeah. I think that's a, an important thing. Like in the case of a death, I'm not good with it ever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like I don't arrive at it. I'm glad that happened. We don't have that at the end of forgiveness. Everything happens for a reason. I feel like viewing your new normal is a part of, well, one, grieving. What is your new normal? Grieving what? is lacking now, especially when it comes to murder, but connecting back to last week of viewing the relationship in light of the offense. Not imaging them as the transgression, but seeing something different in the relationship. Yeah, viewing the relationship in the light of the offense. Mm -hmm. I do that. I I, I do it. If yeah. it, I, I measure small versus large, I totally do it. I don't know how to stop doing it. I'm gonna try yeah. through this, this series. So I think of big things I've forgiven and I see that person sometimes just for what they've done. Yeah. And right. I don't know how to totally move through that. I mean, but then I can think of something totally different, like um, being cheated on in a relationship. And I now, from so much time and separation of those relationships, I look back at those relationships with lessons, things I've learned, thankfulness. You know, I don't just attribute that relationship to they cheated on me and I'm still hurt by that. Mm -hmm. You know, I can separate that, but things that are. So you've gone through that. You've done the forgiveness process. If you're able to for sure. accept the new normal and have the emotions not hijack you any longer. Totally. Yeah. I can have the conversations about it when someone else is going through that and I don't need to like well up through it, but there are things where someone has hurt your person or taken a life. And I, I think of that person. I think of the thing that they did and I don't know how to, to crack that. I, I think that that's in, it's really hard. I don't know. I don't know. No, I think it's hard, but I, I think the point about it is it's still work. It's still work you can do. Mm -hmm. It's just not easy work. But I also don't sometimes, to be honest, I don't want to. We were saying earlier about the myths. I feel like if I think of them and my first thought isn't what they did, then I could get hurt again. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember so that I don't go back into the relationship. My gut tells me that. Yeah. Know that about them. Yeah. So you know the stove is hot. You just, yeah. you know, and you don't do it, but you also can work on the other side of that, which is I don't want you to have any power over me by me expecting you to come back and give me something, an explanation, an apology, whatever. Yes. I'm not going to put myself in that cycle of expecting you to do something because that's jail for me. Yes, I see that. I mean, there are some transgressions. I think it's hard to not view that person then through that identity of they did this thing, they are that kind of person. But then I see the work that you do every day and how you deal with those people who are categorized by those things and how you don't treat them that way. And you've told me stories of, but look at what they've done to improve themselves and how hard they've worked. So I, I hear you, but I think you do do it. I think you do it every day in your work. I appreciate that. I, I mean, they're in my community. Yeah. And they've quote unquote, right. Like they have not quote unquote, they literally have committed crime. Right. No, mm -hmm. but it's not on me. Yeah. And yeah. I maybe, or on someone I hold dearly 
or that yeah. I cherish, right? I, I work through some of that stuff with them, but I also see how they define themselves in the wrong that they have done, some of them, mm-hmm. right? Like they are this thing that did wrong forever. As a community of people, I want people to move past just the wrong that they have done so that they can grow. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because you see them trying to grow and with the people who've offended you, you don't really see them taking acknowledgement for what they've done. They've not it's a good point. apologized to you. They've not taken accountability for their actions. That's a good point. I'm working with a lot of people that do a lot of hard work. Hmm. And the people I'm thinking of that it's hard to separate their actions is I, haven't, I don't see any hard work really. Well, yeah. a little bit maybe, but not much. I'm not reconciled with you. Yeah, but I think at some point for for me, the forgive internal forgiveness has nothing to do with them wanting to reconcile with me. I mean, it's been decades. It's not going to happen. You have to get to an acceptance at some point. Like if you're someone that's Mm -hmm. looking to say, well, I've done all the work to this point. If only they could own it. And at some point in your forgiveness, (laughs) you have to just accept that the world doesn't work like that. And some people will not own it. And it just will not be that way. And they won't get it. But, and then what? But you don't want to spend your whole life waiting. Exactly. And then what? You just That goes back to the myths, right? Because it's about what you do on your own. It's, it requires just you. It doesn't yeah. require something from the other person. Yeah. And I think in the movies or in our society, our, you know, all the different ways that these things are portrayed as myths, we kind of have all been taught a lie that it's not just our work to do, that mm-hmm. it has to be done with this other person and it has to mm-hmm. be under certain circumstances, uh, we haven't talked yet about conditional forgiveness. Oh yeah, I forgive you if let's deep yeah. dive into that. You never do this, or if you if you promise to do that. And I think that comes from the movies too, and from other people. Can conditional forgiveness be okay sometimes? <laughs> I'm just smiling. That I think her response answered that for us. <laughs> Can we have a caveat to the rule <laughs> that you're you're. You're trying to sneak in conditional forgiveness as, can I just sneak that in as like a special little play? I'd like a condition to conditional forgiveness. Sometimes, yeah. If if my partner <laughs> no. hits me, for some people, that's a direct out, right? Like you were saying earlier, Taylor, there's nothing you can't forgive of your husband. And I would say to that, for me, for my partner, 99.999%, but I think I do have a 1.01%. And if he were to hit me, I would be running. But that's the difference between forgiving and continuing to reconcile and be in relationship with that person. Oh, great. I got confused. I'm not going to stay if you're going to keep hitting me. So conditional forgiveness is (laughs) about reconciling because think about the string that's between you, the tethering, right? Okay. I tether you when I say, I'll forgive you if you do this thing. I'm planning on being in a relationship with you because I'm expecting you to do this thing. I expect you never to hit me again. Yeah. Well, I'm around to that, have that happen. So you're talking about reconciliation. So control, alt, delete what I said. But then that person <laughs> offering conditional forgiveness is confusing what forgiveness is. The big takeaway in this, you know, part two of our series is to say it's all centered in you. It's different from reconciliation. And we've got to watch all the ways we get tied back to that person. Yeah. yeah. And those are going to pull us around and it will have power over us if we don't take the power over by deciding to cut the strings. Because the reality is I'm the marionette. I'm the puppet if the strings are there Mm. and you control me. 
Hmm. Even if you don't want to control me, you still do by my not granting the cutting of those strings. The crazy outcome of all of these lessons is I'm only hurting myself. When I was told all these years to forgive someone is to be weak or to let it go or to condone the behavior. And no, it's actually just unforgiveness is making you mm. sick. That's crazy to me how sick it is making us. Yeah. I feel like we're, it's, this is not talked about enough. We have a lot of things going on and we need to forgive for our own sake because we are hurting ourselves in such big ways. When you talk about the health risks, I mean, I feel like everyone is struggling with one of those. Mm. And the only way through it is to do the work, <sighs> but you still do all the steps even if you do them in different order and look at it actually what it is, really look at the details, consciously decide. Because if you don't really decide, you, you're not gonna be motivated to do the work that needs to be done emotionally. Discover and say, I'm willing to discover what comes out of this. And you heard some of that in those dramatic stories. The guy that said about it's being an extraordinary journey. Yeah, it was really powerful. Dr. K, what have you discovered in your forgiveness paths? I've discovered that I get caught up in the emotion like normal people. So I'm normal. Get out <laughs> and, of here. In every way. And then, uh, no, <laughs> the stakes are high and it's dangerous in the world because the stakes are high. Having the kids out there or being in a relationship for 32 years, you know, all these different things, the stakes go higher and higher. I've been asked, oh, do you just get comfortable with each other? There's no risk or exposure. And I always say it's actually the opposite. I spent my whole life dedicated to this relationship. All my children, my money, my memories, my family, it's all wrapped up. You don't have a relationship and have it be less risky. I think it's in fact more risky hmm. um, and there's more at stake. And so that means this is not gonna be popular, but that means we have to be even more conscientious. The more years we, we clock, the more conscientious we have to be about forgiveness because mm -hmm. the stakes continue to go up in these long-term relationships. Mm. But I think the TC4G for me, and maybe for all of us, I don't know if we all want the same one. I know Meredith is going to try to cheat probably. <laughs> a little cheater. Could the collective TC4G say, we got to do some work and review, like you just said, Taylor, and say, mm -hmm. as we're on this topic, is it time to spend some time thinking about the big transgressions? Because we know they're challenging and ask if we've done the rest of the work needed in those instances. Yeah. So then I guess the question to leave with for everyone listening is what work do you have to do? As you think about the seriousness of this topic and as you think about what work you personally have to do. And as we've talked about what steps can you do to make yourself healthier? Understanding that somebody tugging at you or multiple people tugging at you because you're tethered to multiple people isn't the healthy place. As we wrap up part two of our series, let's review. We've heard stories where individuals have demonstrated remarkable levels of forgiveness, even in the face of terrible tragedy. We've identified the process of forgiving others and observed the dangers of conditional forgiveness. In our next episode, we will explore more about ourselves in the forgiveness process. Have you ever had difficulty receiving forgiveness from someone or possibly trouble forgiving yourself? Well, join us next week as we explore answers to these questions. Well, thank you for joining us today. And please remember to rate, share, and subscribe to our podcast. And thank you for listening to Asking for a Friend. Let us know what you thought of the episode. Our email is hello 
at afafpodcast.com. This show is for educational purposes only and is copyrighted. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting. Thanks for listening to Asking for a Friend with Talk Talk.